You're a monster. Years like 38 through 41 or whatever of Brady. We're all like, bro. it's coming. It's coming. Don't buy in the Brady. Yeah. And now when he's 43, we're like, buy in the Brady. <laughs> Welcome in to another week of the Fantasy Monsters with Caleb and James. James, how we doing? Good. It finally happened. Big news. Big news today. Big news. We'll get into that here in a little bit, but I'm very excited um, that it's kind of over. <laughs> so much anticipation <laughs> for it to happen, and here it, it it's done. Um, got a lot of news to jump into, but James, real quick, if they wanted just uh, to follow us, talk talk with us, chat with us. Where could they come and find us at? Uh, yeah, Twitter and Facebook at the TFL Monsters, YouTube, Apple Podcast, and Anchor, the Fancy Monsters or the Fancy Monsters Podcast. All right, let's jump into this monster news this week because I'm so pumped to chat about yes. this first thing. Julio Jones. Finally. Traded to the Titans. Yep, this they, dropped the other day, and uh, it was actually over the weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. past couple days. Yeah, so it happened uh, just recently. We're pretty excited. Yeah, Titans gave up a 20. 20- Two twenty twenty two second and a 2023 fourth. Works for me. I like it. Yeah, I mean, you didn't have to give up a first there's round. There's also some other intertwined news here. Um, Ryan Tannehill also restructured his contact right, to contract make to help make this happen, Yep, which is awesome. Also, shout out Julio Jones because A.J. Brown came to him and he was like, I'll give you number 11. Yeah, dude, that was so cool. And he's like, and Julio's nah. like nah, man. I think you he's wearing number two. Yeah, he's gonna wear number two. Just yeah, which I I thought was really yeah, yeah, that was really cool. cool. Well, and shout out AJ, AJ Brown for even just yeah. saying, hey, yeah, dude, for sure. you can have yeah, this. Yeah, because yeah, he said he was the gonna respect. Give it to him. Yeah. yeah, you know the respect factor both ways there. Um, to the to the veteran God, Julio. Can we just and, talk about how intimidating this off- offense is gonna be, dude? I'm I'm terrified. AJ Brown and Julio on opposite sides. You have Derrick Henry coming out of the background, like probably like the most physically imposing yeah. trio of all time. Yeah. Yeah, and I can't think a, of anything else like this. And there's been a ton of debate since this happened. Like, what's the best wide receiver duo in the league now? Mm-hmm. I think you got to give it to A.J. Brown and Julio Jones now. Yeah. Because like, a lot of people were saying, like, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen were up there. You got, like, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb. There's a lot of D.K. Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. There's a lot of good duos out there. But I think this one takes the cake now. Well, the thing that the thing that I, I love about both of these, and we've said this so much about AJ Brown for sure, is he he just looks massive. Yeah. Out on the field. And when you look at Julio, Julio is massive out on this field. And so AJ Brown, he's only six foot, but he's two twenty six. Yeah. He's two twenty six. That's a tank. I mean, he's he's huge. Yeah. And then I think um I know Julio's like six five, right? Uh. I want to let say me, like let me six, pull him four. up real quick because I don't have his stats on me. I know he's he's big. He's a he's, big a, guy. he's a big guy. Oh, six three six three. Yeah, yeah six three two twenty. So he still, a, but he runs a freaking four three. Yeah, they're both fast. <laughs> like, they're both they're, lightning fast. Yeah. Honestly, if Julio stays healthy, this could be dynamic. Yeah, I mean, just absolutely dynamic. And the. I mean, we'll get into this more in depth next week when we yeah. do the AFC South and right. we'll talk about the Titans then. But yeah, I mean, there's vacated targets there where yeah. you can just drop right in. Like a lot of stuff on this offense isn't <laughs> going to go down. It's going to go up. You know, what's really funny too. And I'm curious real quick and then we'll move on. 
Um, but there's actually a lot of people that feel that the Titans shouldn't have made this move. And so I'm curious, to, I'm, I'll share this with you. I'm curious to, to hear your thoughts. Here's what they're saying is they bring in Julio Jones. I think he's making like 15 million this season or something crazy like that. Um, they got rid of Corey Davis who played a full season where Julio didn't. Yeah. They could have re-signed for way less than that and still got as just as much production as of a last year. Yeah, and but Julio missed half the season. That's what year. that's that's kind of where I'm at. Like is, if uh, if you, you would have played, you just go like game like just like points per game, really anything, or just watching the games when Julio's out there. There's no competition between him and well and Corey I, Davis. And if you want, and they're they're in their Super Bowl window, right? Julio Jones makes them a better chance at winning a Super Bowl. Corey yeah. Davis doesn't. I 100 agree with you. I I just thought it was really funny because I forgot was it first take maybe. I think it was first take that I was watching and they were talking about this. And I'm like, you guys are just crazy. Like, I understand that Julio is kind of on the back end of his career. But to me, I can't compare Corey well, Davis. I believe he to, was the uh, eighth best graded wide receiver last year by PFF. Oh, Julio? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be when surprised. he was yeah. out there, he was very, very good. Yeah. Well, here, let's just look real quick. I do know he was ranked higher than Calvin Ridley last year, which while you're doing that, we'll get into the next piece of news. Mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley also, ironically, he did suffer a minor foot. He would, had my Calvin <laughs> Ridley had minor foot surgery. There you go. Uh, he should be fine for the start of camp. He's just going to miss some like training camp and stuff like that. Um, he should be good. All right. So looking at his, con- uh, this is back to Julio, his consistency chart for last year. Week one was the ninth best wide receiver. Weeks two, didn't play weeks three. Yeah, he got all the weeks he missed. He missed weeks. Well, I'm counting some games where he only played like 20, 30% of snaps as missed games. That's fine. Go ahead. So that's counting. So last year he missed weeks three, four, five, 11, 12, 14, 15, and 16. Well, and I think he got hurt in week two, right? Probably. Yeah. So minus all that, when he was on the field and he was healthy, he finished ninth best, second best, 24th, eh, 12th. 23rd, 35, 35. But wide receivers are also inconsistent. Yeah. But even then, like even at week 13, when he finished 35th, he was still hurt. Yeah. (laughs) You know, because he missed the rest of the season after that. So, I mean, to me, it's night and day. I would still take a 32 year old Julio Jones over Corey Davis. Who's just been pretty much a disappointment. He's just been. Yeah, he was good last year. He should be good in the Jets, but he's not Julio Jones. So next piece of news, uh, Curtis Samuel, he's also dealing with injury. He has a groin injury. Uh, The severity is unknown at this point. So just uh, keep your eye on that. Those things can definitely linger for a long time. Yeah, (laughs) they can linger linger a full season. Oh, yeah, this one's interesting. Uh, The reports are that the Jets are trying to get Jamison Crowder to take a pay cut, and that's why he's not at OTA and mini camps and stuff right now. But I'm also hearing it's just like it's a high pay cut well they want him to do i know early in and the if he doesn't season, do it they're gonna cut him yeah that's what that's what i was hearing is they were they were looking at cutting him anyway but they're also talking out of both sides of their mouth because i also hear reports from the head coach and stuff like that that jamison crowder is a big part of their plans moving forward so yeah i think yeah i mean in my opinion my odds are he's probably going to get cut because he's not going to take the pay cut well I, I yeah he's not going to take the pay cut because uh, he was literally Especially, all they had last yeah, year yeah exactly like yeah you can't just turn around now and yeah, and and I mean they they also kind of drafted, in my opinion, his replacement. Yeah, for and sure. And Elijah Moore. So for sure, we'll we'll kind of see. 
Uh, this piece of news is just great. I love this player. Uh, Gus Edwards signed two-year extension with the Ravens for 10 mil. Two-year yeah. 10 mil for Gus Edwards is a good contract mm-hmm. thing on both parts. And the dude is just like, I also like, he's never missed a game since he came into the league. Yeah, he should be the number two down there. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I he guess has, three. He's like the only player who's ever averaged five yards to carry for the first three years of his career. Like, the dude is, he was an undrafted mm-hmm. running back, and he is, he's very, yeah, he's never going to be the shining star in that offense, but they use him a lot, and I like us, Edwards. Yeah. So I said two, he's probably the three because you got to add Lamar in there well, somewhere. Yeah, for sure. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's good for him. Um, I know you really like that yeah, player. It's the probably Ravens the are reason. also talking out of both sides of their mouth. They're like, they do it J.K. Dobbins, we're going to get him incredibly involved in yeah. the passing game, breakout year, more rushing attempts. He's going to be our workhorse. Gus Edwards, he's going to see the ball more, like all this stuff. Like, Yeah, they just do that all the time. I just now. don't believe what these coaches say. Yeah. Last piece of news, the guy who we talked about last week, Mm-hmm. And this is one of his uh, concerns. KJ mm-hmm. Hamler tweaks tweaked his hamstring. Yep, not sure on the uh, severity yet. He'd probably be good for the opening of the season, but again, these hamstrings and groin injuries, these things just they can linger around, man. It doesn't take much, but you know, KJ Hamler, he really needed to to make a move this year, and this does not help his situation. No, so unfortunate. Anything else? That's it for news. All right, let's go ahead and jump into our NFC South preview. We're going to chat New Orleans Saints. Yep. They finished first, went to the playoffs at 12 and 4. Lots of changes on this team. Yeah, I know they you're really excited about a good team last year. Like it was like pretty disgusting a lot of the time unless you were Alvin Kamara owner. The defense was good. Rushing yeah, defense yeah. was incredible and yeah, I mean I think a lot of people forget that they did finish first in this division last year, which <laughs> well, is, is surprising. I think like, because of Tampa's Super Bowl win. Yeah. It is kind of you know crazy to to think about they didn't win the division. The yeah. Saints did. <laughs> I mean, I think they were only one game back. Yeah, 12 and 4 and 11 and 5. So, yeah, let's just dig into it. The big topic of discussion, Drew Brees is gone. So, yeah, man. Um, we got to fill the quarterback spot in the team and I don't think anyone really knows for sure yet. Who it's going to be. I think everyone has the guy they want in there. Yeah. I want Jameis. Yeah. I think yeah. Jameis is just the better option for all fantasy players in this offense. And I'll make the argument later. Why? Who do you want? So I, I, I here's where I get confused is if Jameis was going to be the starter this year, why did Taysom Hill start last year? And if it was Taysom Hill started last year, because we want to see what he is last year, that's fine. That's totally fine. And what he was is, yeah, I mean, he was could, relevant. You could use the argument. He's been in the, on the team longer. He knows the offense better. He really only started four games. Yeah, but he he played decently well in those four games. He and he gives you a lot of rushing. A little bit, yeah, he played better than I thought he would. But yeah, it was mostly rushing. His passing is still mm-hmm. not good. Yeah, when he was in, Alvin Kamara took a huge dip. They all did. So yeah, yeah we could just, uh, uh, we'll just dig no. into that as we're going through. Yeah, yeah. so... So for me, if I'm looking... I mean, if you're a Taysom Hill owner in like a dynasty league or a redraft and he gets a start, you want him to be the starter, obviously. Right, right. But if you have a Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara... You want Jameis. Traquan Smith, Adam Trotman, you want Jameis in there. Yeah. So I think for me, as far as fantasy goes, I'd rather have Jameis for sure. I mean, don't forget, the last time we saw Jameis as a starter for a whole season, he finished fifth overall at the quarterback position. Mm -hmm. Dude puts up fantasy points yeah he had a so so Jameis Winston will 
win you just as many weeks as he's probably going to lose you because that's just how he is. You mean like in the NFL? No, I mean like in fantasy. Eh. No, because like if you look at if you looked at his consistency chart, there's a lot of weeks where he was like top top two, top three, top four, and then there's some weeks where, you know, he was just nowhere near. Yeah, but that's just what you get with Jameis. You get you get. 5,000 passing yards, which is what I think he had in 2019. 32 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, a little bit of rushing sprinkled in there. Yeah, 250 rushing yards added in there. And I think a couple touchdowns. Yeah, but I mean, not many quarterbacks can give you 45-point weeks, 41-point weeks. So Right. But here's the difference is he's now on a team where he doesn't have to do what he was doing in Tampa because he has a defense that's good. So will he be back to having to throw for 5,000 yards? I don't think so. So I do not think he's going to look at, he's no. not going to look the same he's as 2019. Gonna, I mean, 5,000 yards is a rare. Thing yeah. I happens. mean, I think Stafford's only done it a few times. Uh, he might not actually have ever done it. Really? He had to have done it at least once. But point being is I don't think this is going to be the same Jameis Winston. Hopefully that we saw in Tampa. I hope he's gotten a lot better underneath the tutelage of Drew Brees. He's done it once and came about 30 yards away from it another time. Mm. 2011 great. and 12. <laughs> that's big years. Been around for a long Calvin time. Johnson years. So, so anyways, so that, that's just my, my thing with Jameis. I think long-term, I wouldn't honestly, I don't want either one of these quarterbacks on my team, but that's just me. Fantasy, I'm cool with Jameis. Yeah. Always been cool with Jameis. Fantasy wise, Jameis is fine. I'm just saying, NFL wise, I wouldn't be thrilled to to really have no. either one. Well, they also have Trevor Simeon. No, Does I have that interest to... you at all? No. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised they didn't draft anybody. But yeah. I think I, which makes me think that they're gonna they're gonna take a run with Jameis and see what happens. I hope so. I hope it is Jameis. Yep. So moving down to wide receivers, mm-hmm. we had a uh, rough year. If you were uh, the guy who took Michael Thomas first round last year. (laughs) No kidding. Sorry. uh, That did not help your team at all. He played seven games last year and those games he played, he was 48th in points per game, Mm -hmm. 9.1 with Taysom Hill. It honestly wasn't, it was better 25th in points per game at 12.3 points, Mm -hmm. but that he played over half the games he did play last year with With Taysom. Taysom. Yeah. But even when Drew Brees came and back, also they didn't just look comfortable. Didn't, yeah, and he didn't look. Michael Thomas, you could tell he was still hurt, and yeah, he kind of there right. were reports after the season that Michael Thomas did because he was he. Everyone knew it was Brees' last year. Try and come back and support him. Mm-hmm. Traquan Smith. If Jameis is there, maybe maybe it could finally happen for Traquan Smith. Taysom, I'm not looking at the supporting cast if Taysom's in there. I just don't think he can do it. Mm-hmm. And Traquan Smith has never done anything in the league. There's always kind of been hype around him, like maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year for Traquan. Last year in 14 games, he saw 50 targets. Ended up being the 69th overall wide receiver. Yeah, he's really frustrating. because that's without Michael Thomas for over half the season. Yeah, because I really liked him coming out of Central Florida. And I thought he had a ton of upside. It's just not really worked out. Like, you know, you look at this season last year. I mean, he had maybe two weeks. He had two weeks where he would have been, looks like a back-end wide receiver three. And the rest of them were, I'm not touching him at all. Yep. You know, in the hundreds or or whatever. And he's just inconsistent. I mean, he's just, 
he's never been a force to be reckoned with in this offense. No. But I also feel like Drew Brees and Michael exactly. Thomas That's for so I'm... long that was it was just I mean because Emmanuel Sanders is a good yeah. in my opinion he's a good he wide receiver. The, yeah, he was there last year and he yeah. wasn't even anything special. No. So for so long it was Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, and, and that was I mean, it. we all knew as Brees got older in those past few years, like he became more limited of a quarterback. Like you just can't avoid that. And yeah, he did hyper target Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. But now going in there without Brees, Manuel Sanders is gone. We're gonna have to fill some of these spots in the wide receiver core. It looks like Trey Quan will be just be in the slot form, Michael Thomas on the outside. So we're looking for another outside receiver to step up in this offense. And I think there's two choices. There's Deontay Harris, who last year played nine games, all 25 targets. And the Rookville guy who was a rookie last year, Marquez Callaway, mm-hmm. who had some moments last year, played 11 games, all 27 targets. So really, both of them never saw any kind of consistent playing time out on the field. If I had to take my shot on one of them, though, it would be Marquez Callaway. Yeah, that's that's where I would look as well. I don't I don't know why. I just kind of feel like his game, you know, I just I just like his game a little bit better. But uh, he's a little quick guy, and I just, I don't know. To me, I'm really trying to figure out what Jameis is going to be in this offense. I don't really want to know what this offense is going to look like that much without Drew Brees. I know Jameis kind of spreads the ball around a little bit more. I think this is going to be a feel-it-out year for this offense. You know, Michael Thomas was the number one in 2019, was hurt, you know, off and on in 2020. Will he be healthy and be back to his normal he, he's know, not going to be points. anything close to that. He'll probably be more to what he was before that season. Just a wide receiver one, back in wide receiver one, that area. Yeah, because what was he in 2018? Six. He is mostly, yeah, he is mostly. I mean, he's he's always one. like, what, top 10? Yeah. So, so no worries there. But, yeah, it's just going to be interesting to kind of see what this offense is really going to look like um, moving forward, at least at the wide receiver position. Uh but I do like Marquez Callaway is where I would take my shot. Yeah. Um, and honestly, to me, if you look at Deontay Harris, Mar- Marquez, and Traquan, in my opinion, all three should be fighting for that number two slot. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's not like no, Traquan is not really solidified to, that. Yeah, no. yeah. So yeah, I agree with you. E- any of these guys could come out and... And, and really make it happen. So I'm curious to know what you guys would think on on their, on these wide receivers as well. Yeah. So, so yeah, backs. yeah, we moved to running backs. <laughs> this we don't have to think about as much. No. And yeah, Kamara was incredible last year. He had some down moments. Number one, wasn't for he? sure. Yeah, he finished in 15 games play last year. He was the first overall running back in half yeah. point leagues. With Taysom though, in those four games, yeah, his points per game went down to 12.9 and was the 18th overall running back. Yeah. Very disappointing when, when Taysom when it was That's in. Steep, I mean, it, it, it's a four game sample size, but that is a steep dive. The the problem was is if you watched those Saints games, they'd get in the red zone and probably get within the five, and then run an option play, and Hill would keep it, because I think there was a game where I think Taysom Hill threw for like two hundred and fifty yards and had yep. two rushing touchdowns. Yeah, he had one game. <laughs> like, he had one game, the last game Taysom started, where he saw 10 targets in that game. The other three games, he had a combined total of six targets. Yeah, it just was not pretty for Alvin Kamara at all. And and I think that's why, you know, when you're looking at what quarterback you want to start on this team, if you're an Alvin Kamara owner, you definitely want Jason, uh, J- Jameis. I think if you're anyone, if you're an owner, anyone <laughs> just, in this offense besides Taysom himself, you want Jameis. Yeah, you, you do want Jameis a, a lot more than Taysom Hill. 
just because of the fact that Taysom is and then more you're on the running not game. Not going to have to worry as much about um, just taking t- rushing touchdowns close to the right. Right, Jameis is never going to tuck it and run like that. He will, but not nearly like Taysom. No, he's—I mean, he's not even. I don't think he's even going to tuck it and run on the five. Who, Jameis? Yeah, not unless he absolutely has to. He will, but I mean, again, it's not going to be like they're not going to be running an option play on a rushing touchdown or anything. They're not going to be running an option play with Jameis Winston on the five. No, but they—they would do it with Taysom on the five. Oh yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) So there's the difference. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other scary thing. Taysom's the quarterback. You never know what they're going to be <laughs> running well, and out that's, there. And that's the, again, going back to the quarterbacks, that's kind of the thing, though. Like, we don't, you, I don't really know who they're planning on starting. They've kept it very quiet. But yeah. if you're looking, Taysom gives more of a threat to the off, uh, to the defense than Jameis does to me. But I feel like Jameis uh, is, Jameis is more of a quarterback. Have, I think they're both like equally. At their kind of their yeah, skill. they have their thing. Yeah, but yeah, as far as fantasy wise go, yeah, I think Jameis is. The I agree, Jameis. But anyways, all right. Uh, don't forget Latavius Murray's also there. Yeah, Kamara gets hurt. He'll be good. Yep, he's he's a very capable running back. He's been around a long time. I think is that statistic right, man? Thirty third overall running back last season, yeah. even as a backup. Yep, that's not bad. Yeah. Um. He can handle some passing work. He's a decent runner. Yeah, he's... Keep in mind, neither one of these guys really get hurt. So. No. <laughs> you don't really... shouldn't have to worry about it too much, knock on wood. But yep. um, I did want to talk about this tight end, though. Adam yes. Troutman, man. Yes. Um, we I remember him very distinctly last year when we were talking about our rookies coming mm-hmm. in last year, who he liked. And Adam Troutman was one of, like, outside of... um, I'm trying to blank. Who was the Uh-oh. big tight end last year? Cole Komet. Yeah, because I really did not like Cole Komet. Adam Troutman was like one of my favorite guys, like mm-hmm. re- as a receiving threat as a tight end. He's got some juice with the ball in his hands. He can make plays. Jared Cook's gone. Yep, he's the starting. He's the guy. Yeah, you saw no work last year, but again, rookie tight end coming in behind a veteran. It's going to take him some time, but I mean, the opportunity's there for him. Yeah, no, I I really liked uh, his his tape. Uh, coming out of a kind of a smaller school, I think at Dayton. Dayton. Yeah. yeah. Came out of Dayton. Um, but he's six, five, two fifty five. He can block, he can pass catch. Um, I really think if you want to take maybe, I don't know if I want to classify him as a sleeper yet. Cause no, he's we'll, we'll definitely a see. sleeper. Well, he's, I mean, he's, he's going to be a deep sleeper. Yeah. Cause I dynasty think, leagues, everyone should have already known his name because we right. brought him up a few times. Right. But redraft leagues, I think most people aren't going to know who he is. We'll have to wait and see coming yeah. coming through the rest of it. I mean, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, he's but, definitely going to be drafted but outside. Here's the, the thing that I'm saying ends. is he's going to be a late pick, most likely. Very late. And he could still be a number one tight end this year. Good. He really he could. could. Yeah. He definitely could. So just keep an eye on him going through, and hopefully we got some preseason games to kind of see him work, and um, we'll we'll go from there. But yeah, I I really like this kid a lot. Yeah. You got anything else you want to talk about with the Saints? No, I think that's good. Okay. I think we stated the uh, drastic difference <laughs> with, between quarterbacks and there. Yeah. <laughs> Just quarterbacks. All right, guys, let us know what you guys think about the Saints. All right, so the Tampa Bay Bucks then end up finishing second in this division, but later became Super Bowl champs. Yep, they did. Yeah. Just what a good run. Uh, yeah, it started off a little bumpy last year. Yeah, it really did. But it ended. I blame the offseason on that, though. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. New quarterback. Yeah. 
Yeah, new system, trying to learn things and all the fun stuff. But uh but yeah, I mean just coming jumping right into to Tom Brady, I mean Yeah, he was, he kinda yeah, I didn't think he was gonna be terrible last year, but I didn't think he was gonna finish where he did. He finished eighth overall in sixteen games, which is very, very good. And I think he's gonna be I don't know about a value because if you got a chance, can you pull up his ADP? Yeah, because I think Brady is a quarterback that I would target this year. I think he should. I think they're just going to run it back. Because so, that's the nice thing. Nothing on this offense changed. Nothing. Right. The only thing is they're getting OJ Howard back healthy. Looks like ninth round. I like that. I don't mind that. What quarterback that is off the board? Five. No, there has to be more than five quarterbacks. That's what it's saying. Okay, then I don't like that. Um, <laughs> hey, let me look him up over here. That sounds off. Yeah, 904. Fifth quarterback off the board. Hmm. There will definitely be more than five quarterbacks yeah. off the board. In the, by that's the, ninth that's round. the part that's throwing me off. Yeah, that's what it says. Yeah, because if you can grab him around like the 10th quarterback off the board, I like that. This is based on the footballers, though. And we're also, um, we've talked about this, and we gave the strategy to JT. He started in a startup dynasty league. Mm -hmm. And if you, well, he went the route, he went with Deshaun Watson. Yep. And I can't remember if this was before. It had to have been after all the news and everything like that. But well, it was no, after it was he wanted to trade, but before yes, the, the... We thought we were going to hold out, but it was before yeah, all the allegations. Yeah. Yep. So we were like, just draft Tom Brady. Because in dynasty startup drafts, he is going... Yeah. Like ridiculously late. Well, because he's forty three. Yeah, but you could still get a couple years out of him yeah. at a high level. I think he's a value there, especially if you want to pair him with a younger quarterback that could do you some good. But yeah, I don't think anything's going to change for Brady. Yeah. So this year he finished eighth, number eight quarterback. Yeah. And and that was coming kind of starting off. I mean, really, really rough. Yeah. Um, but he had some forty point weeks. He had some thirty seven, thirty eight. I mean, just he he really did have a good season. And here's what's really funny is I was reading the other day, um, Bruce Arians came out and was talking about Tom Brady. And they were he was kind of being asked, like, oh, what's your expectation of Tom? Apparently, Tom was had a lingering little thing last year. I don't know where, I don't know what. But apparently there was just something that was kind of aching. I mean, the dude's 43. So yeah. I mean, it kind of makes sense. But he said that because of whatever this little minor injury was, he believes that Tom Brady is going to be even better this year in this offense. I don't know about better, but I <laughs> I'm just saying, I just think that's that's praise because he didn't play bad in this offense last no, he year. He was very good. So if he plays any better, <laughs> I mean, he's going to be the. I mean, yeah, they, top he, he two. definitely had some duck games, but he had a lot of high output games. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, jumping down to wide receivers. Last year, we were calling, like, I think it was Chris Godwin was going around, like, the fourth wide receiver off the board, and Evans was around, like, eight. They were mm -hmm. both top ten. We both didn't like that. We thought those were both too high. But they both ended up pretty good. Godwin, if you just look on his season-long ranking, it's not good. But if you look at when he was healthy and this offense started cooking, in the 12 games he played, he was 15th in points per game, mm -hmm. which is good. 
Yeah. Mike Evans finished 10th overall in 16 games last year. Very good. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans was the more consistent one, but if you're looking at like, um, I mean, even Antonio Brown, he played eight games last year, was 26th in points per game. And if you look at the last eight games of the uh, season last year, when this offense really started cooking, all three of them were top 20 wide receivers. I believe Evans was, um, hold on, I had it right over here. Yeah, Mike Evans was like the wide receiver eight for the last eight games. And Chris Godwin was the wide receiver 13. Yeah. And, and I know when we were talking about it in the off season too, and even during the regular season, one of the reasons why I always kind of liked, I always kind of lean a little bit more towards Mike Evans is because of those red zone targets. Oh yeah. I was like, and that was like the first thing got. last year. Everyone realized was <laughs> Brady is going to feed Evans in the red yes. zone. Like and it was, he did. Yeah. That's all he did. I mean, he wasn't coming out with a ton of yards, but dude, he had almost 20 targets in the red zone, nine for touchdowns. What else do you want? Yeah. Like, that's it, man. Like, that's incredible. What is their ADPs? (laughs) You might be a little shocked. You ready? All right. I'm going to play a little game with you. I'm going to give you both ADPs and you tell me which one you think is which. Okay. 404, 311. Evans is 311. Godwin's 404. Yeah, good job. Yeah. And I like the Godwin one there. Because I honestly, like those last eight games, Godwin came back from injury. They were pretty even. Yeah. And Godwin was seeing targets. Evans was seeing big plays. I'll, I'll just take that. I mean, it's not really that much of a discount. So honestly, yeah. whichever one you like more, go for it. But I would prefer Godwin there, I think. Well, and what's really funny too is, you know, don't get me wrong, guys. Chris Godwin also had six red zone touchdowns this past season. Yeah. He only had nine targets, which is fine, but still. So oh, it's not like great fit. Yeah, that's... it's not like he's not getting red zone targets, and the split on that is really good compared to nineteen and nine. Nine and six is great. Yeah, and again, when he was in the lineup, he was he was consistent. He was great, and I think Brady really likes throwing to both of these guys. Um, the touchdown to target ratios between the two are pretty close: eleven point nine to eight point three, and they're, you know, Chris Godwin actually has more of a target share yeah. than Mike Evans does oh, because yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. The, he's kind of more of the possession guy. Yep. So I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think you can go wrong with either. No, yeah, I think, yeah. I think you just pick whichever one you think is going to have a better season and hopefully you guess right. Because honestly, at the end of the year, as long as both stay healthy, I think they're both going to be up there. Yeah. So my question to you, though, man, is I know they re-signed Antonio Brown. But do you think Antonio Brown's still going to be the number three in this offense? Or do you think? 100%. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was not a big deal. One year, $3 million. I'm actually surprised they did it. But to- when he came in, he was he was good. He was yeah. better than I thought he was going to be. He worked his way into the offense. But yeah, it does. I mean, there were, I mean, you could make the argument. Why did they bring him back? Yeah, for sure. Let Tyler Johnson have some run out there. Focus more on the tight ends a little bit. But He's there. He was still good when he was there. He's the clear third in the offense, though. He also, yeah, just didn't see big plays. A lot of stuff short. Mm-hmm. I'm just a really big fan of Tyler Johnson, and I really just wanted him to get a shot. And with Antonio Brown coming back, kind of just bugs me a little bit that, you know, he's still going to be fourth or possibly even fifth on the depth chart. It'll be fifth. So, because Scotty Miller is still there, too, who's going to be, he'll, he'll man the slot more. Um, than Tyler will, but I don't know. Just watch out. Tyler Johnson and Dynasty, maybe when one of these guys splits, because Chris Godwin's on a franchise this year, right? 
Yeah, he is on the so franchise. He may tag. not be here next year, guys. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> the um yeah, I guess we talked about all the wide receivers yep. on the running team. Backs. Running backs. We played a gross game last year with these running backs. Ronald Jones is really the I think a lot of people are now are gonna have the image of Leonard Fournette tearing it up in the playoffs like he did last year. But if you look at the regular season, it really wasn't close between which one produced more consistently than the other one. Mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette finished 38th overall in 13 games. Ronald Jones, 16th overall in 14 games. Like Ronald Jones was the 16th best running back last year. Jeez. Which is hard to think about. And he had some definitely bad games, but he also mm-hmm. had a pretty decent amount of good games, usable games. It was just the dice roll every week of we really weren't sure what was going to happen. Yeah, I think, you know, when you really you really kind of look at both of them, I definitely think Ronald Jones had the more consistent season, but Leonard Fournette just kind of well, really, took over the, in yeah, the playoffs. I mean, had, yeah, it's yeah, the playoffs. That, was that really doesn't matter it. for us. Yeah. Like Yeah, I mean th- that does nothing for fantasy. Um what's really funny, dude, is these guys is ADP. So I would hands down Ronald Jones. If I had to pick one in this offense, it would be Ronald Jones. Where do you think Ronald Jones is going right now? Sixth round. Yep. Six Oh six. And so good at this game. Yeah. What about Leonard Fournette? Ninth round. No, that one you're way off. Seventh. Nope. Later. Mm-mm. Earlier. Well, he's going ahead of Ronald Jones. Mm-hmm. Really? Five Oh eight. Ooh, that's interesting. So Ronald Jones. Between the two. Ronald Jones. I think I would take my shot on Ronald did, Jones as well. I forget who tweeted this. Oh, I wish I remember who tweeted this, but it was really funny. They were like, Ronald Jones is the oldest 26-year-old of all time. <laughs> like, <laughs> that made me laugh a long time. Like, yeah. He's an old guy. Wait, Ronald Jones is only 23. I mean, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette. Oh. My bad. My, my bad. Leonard <laughs> yeah, I was Fournette. like, a second. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, because he is only 26. Yep. And he already looks like he can't if, walk. If, if Ronald Jones could just figure out, like, stop dropping game? the ball, <laughs> yeah. stop fumbling the ball, yeah. he could be really good. He yeah. really could. Some of the runs he has are very impressive. He can look really good at times. But Bruce Arians does not abide by fumbling and drops. Dude, fumble like, the once, you're not playing, man. Just fumble. I mean, that's it. was it. interesting. We had a lot of debates. Like, they drafted Keyshawn Vaughn last year with decent capital. Yeah. He saw 31 touches in 10 games last year. Yeah, which is crazy because I know we had COVID they issues. They also brought in Giovanni Bernard for some reason. Yeah, which which is really funny because Gio's actually third on the depth chart and Keyshawn is yeah, fourth. It's weird. I think it's irrelevant between those two. I don't think you're ever going to yeah. play them, but yeah. I'm just surprised though, because there was a, there was a, like a decent. I mean, there wasn't like a ton of hype around Keyshawn Vaughn, but he was a good receiver. They thought they might work him into the passing game, keep him that mm-hmm. receiving threat. But no, none of that. No, unfortunately. Yep. So yeah, I, I imagine you agree with me, Ronald Jones over Leonard Fournette. Um, I mean, I'm gonna have to kind of wait a little bit. I mean, obviously, we're not doing our our. Uh, I can't believe rankings right now, but Fournette's going ahead of Ronald Jones. I think it just kind of depends. I think Ronald Jones, you know, I he, just think he's the better finish, player, better runner. He makes bad mistakes, but so does Fournette. Fournette's not well, like Fournette is very one dimensional. Yeah, for sure. He's just a running back. He but can't he, catch. I mean, he's worked it. He's worked him. He's better at it than Ronald Jones. I mean, Fournette has seen a year where I believe he saw a hundred targets. Really? Was that? Yeah. That's crazy. I don't remember I believe that, that was his last year. Yep, 100 targets, 2019, last oh, year in Jacksonville. Right. 
They were so behind. Next there. highest is 48 his rookie year. <laughs> <laughs> He's not good at it, but you give him the volume, you'll do something with it. Yeah, who knows? Well, and what's really strange, man, I wonder if he's going to pull like that little Matt Ryan thing where he's good every other year. Because if you look at his rankings, rookie season eight, 2018, oh, one of 40. Those is just injuries. He only played half that season. True. And he was hurt in, 2013, or in 2022. Yeah. But still, nine and then 38. So maybe he's going to be hurt every other season too. Yep. So now we come <laughs> to the tight end portion of Actually, the Bucks. Dude, real quick, oh, he's never on. played 16 games. Yeah, he's hurt every year. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. That's stupid. He was hurt in college. Like, dude can't stay healthy. He's the oldest 26 year old of all time. Yeah, seriously. Like, I'm now kind of getting on board with that. And see, that's the difference, dude. Like, Ronald Jones, 16 and 14 in the last two seasons. Yeah, Ronald Jones is three years younger, but he's only been in the league one less year. (laughs) God, you can't. So, yeah. Uh, Tight ends. Yeah, tight ends on this team. Gronk, he kind of did it last year. Like, it was, I mean, what did I put down for his fantasy finish? Uh, Eighth. Eighth overall, which, yep. I mean, it's is tight a relative term, but he was definitely a streamable um, tight end last year, which I did not see coming. I thought it was more just like a PR move, have Brady's buddy around, he'll mm-hmm. get some um, red zone targets. But, yeah, I mean, it was mostly touchdowns that put him up there. He had seven receiving touchdowns. But he was good. But O.J. Howard last year, he only played the first four games, got hurt. He saw when, so the games where Gronk and O.J. Howard were out there together, Gronk saw more snap percentage. He was out on the Mm -hmm. field more, but O.J. Howard saw more targets and outproduced him in those four games. You think that's what's going to happen coming back? Because there's also the argument that, well, Gronk, he missed an entire year of football, probably took him a while to get back into shape. So now if he's in his athletic how how he's going to be he didn't have to take that rehabbing time coming into this season how do you see the two working out so if you really look at Gronk in, in my opinion it was almost kind of the tale of two seasons you know weeks one through five were not great no and that's when OJ Howard was out there for yeah the first four weeks. yeah they just they weren't great but again like you just said I think he was kind of trying to get back into yeah quote-unquote football shape in a COVID season where they didn't really have workouts and stuff. Yep. So I do, I do think that. And when you see later on, he's, he really picked it up. Yeah. Inconsistent, but inconsistent, but picked end, it up. Yeah. He, he was one of the more consistent week to week tight ends. Whereas some of these other tight ends that even finished ahead of him had like really big weeks, yep. but had really, I mean, he had some big weeks as far as the tight end goes like 18 points, 16 point, 14 point, three weeks in a row. That's a, very right. good stretch for a tight end. Right. He had other like 19 point games. So those are very good games for a right. tight end. Right. So I, I think that he'll be fine. Um, we both were not on board with Gronk. No, he, we season. weren't, but so, I, I, I think I'm going to be off Gronk now with OJ coming back. I and, think he'll be the receiving weapon. Yeah. Well, really? Well, Gronk is a really good blocker. So that makes sense. And I think that's more reason why he was out there on the snap percentages way more than OJ. Cause he can was. block and OJ yeah. can't. But when they want to throw to the tight end, I think OJ Howard's going to be the first target. Do you think they're going to run a lot of twelve personnel again? Because uh, you've know. got again an abundance of wide receivers. They didn't run. I mean, they ran like twenty-two percent of the time. Twelve man. That's slightly above average. So it'll probably be about the same because they were still throwing Braid out there and stuff like that. It might go up a little bit, but I don't think a ton. 
I think they want to have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown. Yeah, I agree. As much as possible. But that's where I'm trying to see is like, then who's going to, who do you think is going to be the number one on this team? You think it's going to be OJ? Tight end? Yeah. Receiving threat? Yes. No, snap percentage I'm just saying wise, snap though, percentage wise. It, it'll probably because it whoever probably is on the field, again. whoever is on the field more is who I'm going to take my shot on. I'm just looking at it from purely that I perspective. Still, yeah. Because just because there's yeah more opportunity, he's yeah. on the field. If I just had to do these averages off the top of my head, looking at them, OJ Howard is on the field probably about fifty percent of the time in those first four games. Gronk's more like seventy-five. Close to 80% of the time. Yeah, so I think I would still take my shot on Gronk at this point. Yeah, but in those first four games, Gronk saw 14 targets. OJ Howard saw 19. I'm still still fine with that. And two touchdowns. Gronk really didn't produce anything. No, I know he didn't. I'm going OJ. Okay, that's fine. Your loss. Well, (laughs) I guess we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll probably have a bet later on this season to see who has a better season between the two. Well, all right. We'll have to do it on points per game because we know OJ. Um, yeah, I'm, get I'm really hurt. <laughs> not excited about either of them because I do think the tight end is going to be the fourth receiving threat in this offense. Yeah, we'll just. I think it's going to go. As far as just target share goes, it'll probably go Godwin, Godwin Evans, Evans or Antonio. Yeah, and then I'm going OJ. Yeah, and I'll go Gronk and OJ. Okay. Okay. Anything, anything else? else about the Bucks you want to no, talk I'm, about? No, I'm good with the Bucks. We'll see. I, I will say the one thing about the Bucks is, you know, looking at this team, how they were able to get everybody back I is highly the, impressive. I mean, it, it happens every once in a while. Do you think they get all three? Mike Evans, Godwin, Antonio Brown could finish top 20? Could all be wide receiver two or better? <sighs> That'd be, you know what, man? Honestly, I would really like to that, see it. If you take that last eight game stretch last year, they, they were. did. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. Antonio Brown barely made it like 19th. In points per game, but so one of them will fin. I mean, if if it happens, whoever the third is, so in Brown's case, mm-hmm. he'll be either nineteen or twenty. Yeah, it won't be like they're all like, you know, nine or seven and eleven and fifteen. You know, it, it'll definitely be a little bit yeah. of a spread. It'll be like this one's. Do you think 10, any 15, of them finish top ten? Evans finished tenth last year. Do you think any of them get back over there? I think if Godwin, I think Godwin has the. Uh, I'd take my shot on Chris Godwin getting in the top 10. Okay. I think Evans might fall. I th- I don't think they're all three going to finish top as wide receiver twos or better. I think Antonio mm-hmm. Brown will probably be more back in three, but I think that he'll still be a usable fantasy player. Yeah. Well, if he's a back in three, he won't finish top 25. Exactly. So there's your shit. Okay. Perfect. All right. Let's move on to uh, Carolina Panthers. This is a, kind of an iffy, a little bit of an iffy thing for me this year. Um, you know, we'll get into everything, but CMC, hopefully if he stays healthy, this team's going to be vastly different yeah, than last year. Yeah, this team's going to be different. Their offense is going to change. I mean, yes, yeah, it's you can't be really count different. CMC at all last year. Mm-mm. They're bringing in Sam Darnold, who we'll talk about first. They drafted Terrace Marshall as a wide receiver. They lost Curtis Samuel. They brought mm-hmm. in Dan Arnold at the tight end position. They drafted Chubba Hubbard, Yep, who you think might not be, re- he's definitely relevant because he's going he to be the, the number two. He has the possibility of being relevant. I think he'll be the number two. No, yeah, that's, but the number two was only relevant if CMC goes down. True. true. That's what but I'm saying, what, the possibility yeah. of relevance. But I think after CMC, well, let's just start running backs. So No, let's start quarterbacks. Okay, fine. No, we can start running backs. Gosh, you're killing me, man. <laughs> so so to me, with, with CMC getting hurt, 
and what that can do to your offense, I have a feeling they might not let him run as much as he has done in previous years. Uh, I think they are. You still think they will? Yeah. Wow. I just, I can't see it. Like it's just the investment there. It, it's too much. It, it would be, it's way too much for me. To, I mean, to, he really, oh, last he, year was the only year he ever got hurt. Yeah, but. He never missed a game before that. I know, but that was a significant injury. He only played three games. But there were a lot of players who had significant injuries. Yeah, he actually got injured injured twice, to be honest. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he got re-injured in week nine. Yep. So but when he was out there, he was amazing. He, yeah. I mean, it was only three games, but that was in those three <laughs> games, he was first in points per game. Like by a decent amount. Yeah. Like yeah. Christian McCaffrey is the cheat code. Yeah. And I will be drafting him first overall rookie draft and redraft. Yeah. He is still going at the 101. Most people are not scared. I'm not I'm scared not. in the sense that he doesn't. Even if he you won't cut him down one. like five points per game, that's what I'm he's saying. Still first, he's, <laughs> like, he's, he's still incredible. Still, yeah, like I would rather bring him down from. I mean, what's his his rushing share right now is 93. percent That's stupid. You don't need that. Yeah, he could be at 80 and still be good. Yeah. And he has less chance of getting 93% is too freaking high. It was higher than that in the past. Like I would be surprised. So that that's just me. Hopefully they'll listen. I don't have them on speed dial. So no, I'm but sure yeah. So let's Matt get, Rolls is going to do what he does. Yeah. We'll loop back around to the quarterback position. Yep. I, I think Sam Darnold is definitely going to be an upgrade mm-hmm. over Teddy. I think Sam Darnold can offer more. But it's really hard because you have to look at Sam Darnold's past performances, yeah. his history with the Jets and Adam Gaze, and they're not pretty. Not he had pretty. very few good moments. I mean, you look at Sam Darnold last year. In the 12 games he played, he was 33rd overall. That's not good. Mm-mm. That's bad. Yeah, he only had one week where I see a top 10 performance. Yeah. Week it, four. I think that definitely goes up. I think he offers more, especially maybe passing the deep ball than Teddy offered. But Mm -hmm. Teddy really wasn't that bad. He was able to support three very usable wide receivers. They were inconsistent at times, but they got the work. So here's where I think Sam Darnold's going to be able to, not only is he going to be able to maybe upgrade from Teddy, but I feel like he gets a massive upgrade by being on this team. Because if you look at the Jets, what do they actually have? So. He he but had there nothing. Is, yeah, but there is the possibility where Sam Darnold completely falls on his face. It yeah, is yeah. We're not going to say that bad. is not going to possibly chance, happen. But there is also that chance. This is his last chance. Deep sleeper. Oh, for sure. This is his last for chance. Sure. But yeah, yeah he deep also sleeper, he yeah. is a sleeper. Yeah, yeah, deep sleeper. So here's what I'm thinking though. They've got CMC on this team, which we've already talked about. Worst comes to shove, just here you go, and let him go. Yeah. You know, like so that that's fine. But he has, and let's jump, go ahead and jump into wide receivers now. DJ Moore. And Robbie Anderson, which Robbie Anderson kind of almost had like in my classification a breakout year because he wasn't yeah, doing that at was the Jets. Kind of waned a little bit at the end. It right. wasn't as good, but he was definitely the most consistent person in this offense. Mm-hmm. Saw the most targets and receptions. And was Sam's just, familiar with him. Yeah, but that was the weird thing about Robbie last year is when Sam played with him, he was throwing the ball down the field to him. Robbie wasn't doing that last year. No, he was almost like a possession guy. Yeah, and. DJ Moore was, I was getting so always angry. been the big play guy and like last year, like if you this might blow your mind if you didn't know this or not, but in terms of yards per reception, he was third in the league last year. 18.1 yards per yeah. reception. 
He was downfield. But he's kind of got, like I brought up last week about Jerry Judy. He's kind of got that same kind of a thing going on. He was third in yards per reception last year. His yards per target weren't bad, but his catch percentage was 55.9%. That's <laughs> you know bad. You know what I just realized? I was looking at this wrong earlier. When that I was, was worst on this team, and that ranked in the league 185th catch percentage. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I'll have to... Yeah. Anyways, so I had DJ Moore in redraft last year, and I remember I, did, I, was, I traded for him this offseason in Dynasty. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Um, I was very frustrated. Oh yeah, it was. I was very, 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 very frustrated. But if you, if if you did start him every week, it I think it ended up leveling itself out. Where it worked if you out, started for, him every week. Yeah. Where it worked out for me is he was the third wide receiver on my team. Yeah. It, so I remember fun. that it was always yeah. a flex. Yeah, I was always like, weekend. do I start him? And every time I chose to start him, he but you were did also not like play well. Between like Josh Jacobs and guys like that. Yeah, I had a beast team last year in redraft. Didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't matter. I still finished second, I think. Um, but but anyways, yeah, I was just very frustrated because I always felt like I picked the wrong week to play him. Yep. Um, because he was so inconsistent. He was either, you know, top fifteen or he was. Top 50. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he I saw mean, 118 was... <laughs> targets, had 66 receptions. He led the team in yardage, and I believe, as far as just the receivers go, I believe receiving touchdowns, yeah. I mean, it's four, and the other two had three each. So, yeah. like, but that's the other problem with DJ Mark, because last year, coming into the season, he was one of my guys that I was thinking, I had him highly ranked, I believe, like, 10 or 12. Yeah, you had him really I had him there. high, and because that was how he finished the previous season, but the one thing I kept going back to why I thought I felt confident in that was I thought the touchdowns were going to come up. Yeah. He's never been a big touchdown guy last year. It still didn't work out. Yeah. He only ended up with four. Which That's got to come up. Same as what he had the year before in 19 yep. too. Yeah. His touchdowns do have to come up. They got to figure it out. And because yeah, you watch him when he caught, I mean, he's a big play threat. He's incredibly talented. You got to give him the ball and hopefully Sam Darnold can produce that more. I mean, you don't disagree that DJ Moore is number one in this offense, right? Oh, heck no. Receiving threat? No, yes. no. Yeah, no. And honestly, you know, what's really cool about this offense, though, I really like it, actually, when you look at these wide receivers, got a too. a lot of talent. We haven't even brought about the guy that drafted. Yeah, which is what I'm getting ready to do now. Terrence Marshall, dude, watch out. There's a chance he I know, could sweep I in. And I know. I still, like, <laughs> I don't think they needed to spend that draft pick on him. No, they didn't. There, but they did. But, yeah, but they did. And it's <laughs> it doesn't make me nervous for DJ Moore at all. It no, could make me nervous for, for Robbie. Robbie a little bit. Yeah. But the other concern is so right now, how I see it, it's gonna be eleven man personnel. You got DJ and Robbie on opposite sides, and you got Terrace Marshall, the biggest of all of them, in the right. slot. Right. Do you think that's how they'll do it, or do you yeah, think they'll keep him? Especially rookie season, getting him into the NFL, I think that'd be the best move for them. Hmm. Dip his toe in the water in the slot. Because he, yeah, he can go to the outside, but if you go, you push him to the outside. Who you put in the slot? Because in that case, I'd push Robbie to the slot. Yeah, that's have what Terrace I was outside. Yeah, I'd keep Robbie into the slot, which he ran a little slot sometimes. I thought. Yeah, but it was mostly Curtis. Yeah, and I, I know I, he ran mo- mainly slot when he was on the Jets. Yeah, or not slot uh, outside on the yeah. Jets. So yeah, that's how I kind of see it, especially the beginning part, him rookie year. That's the other thing we have to. Um, talk about with CMC out last year. Could they, do you not think they could put DJ Moore in the slot? No, I think he's going to stay. Yeah, Because he's, he's the smallest out of all he of them. He is. He is. But, but he actually the weighs the most. Out of all of them. 
Yeah, he's does, 215. Does he weigh more than... Yeah, he's a stout guy. Dude. He's not tall. Robbie's he's 190. Stout. Yeah, but Terrence Marshall, I think, I thought was like 225. He might be. Let me... I got him up here. He's, he's 200. Like, what? He's only 200. So he's just... He's kind of like Robbie. He's tall guy, not big guy. Yeah, he's 6'3", huh. 200. Robbie's 6'3", 190. And... DJ's 5'11", 215. Yeah, because that's why I always have to tell people, like, when we're playing basketball, like, I'm tall guy, not big guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> There's a difference. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go with your point, though. So you missed CMC last year. Yeah. Mike Davis did a good job in that role. Yep. Mike Davis. But he, he did see a lot of receiving work. He saw 70 targets. Mm-hmm. You look at CMC's average, though, that's about half the yeah. targets CMC would see in a year. Yep. So you got to add those. They... Have the vacated targets of Curtis Samuel. He saw, I believe, 97 targets. That's most of those targets. Mm-hmm. I don't think Terrace Marshall this year, he could eat into Robbie a little bit, and they could kind of devour each other in this offense. Right. But I think most likely it's going to be DJ Moore, first read, wide receiver, and then you're going CMC. And I think those are going to be close in terms of target share. Mm-hmm. So then you're going to have to divide the last third into Terrace Marshall and Robbie. Terrence Marshall is the rookie, so I think it's going to take him a while. Robbie's the guy I would bet on. But mm-hmm. there is that chance by the end of the season, Terrence Marshall takes over as the number two wide receiver, third option in the receiving game. Yeah, and keep in mind, they still also did bring in David Moore from Seattle. Um, yeah, I think that's just a year. depth piece. Yeah, it is a depth piece, but we're still going to mention it just because it is there. And he'll still get some targets as well. Yep. Um, but I would, I would not be surprised if Terrence Marshall, as long as he comes in and he picks up the playbook quickly, He's a very talented Slot receiver. Slot will help him there. Yeah, he's a very talented receiver. Yeah. So I, I really like it. To the point, or the I guess to the tight ends where we really don't care much. Yeah. Um, And it's not going to change on this offense. Neither one of them will be overly relevant. No. Uh, you've got Dan I, Arnold. I think it's definitely going to be Dan Arnold. I, I have I've had moments in the past where I thought Ian, Ian Thomas, Thomas could was do be something because yeah. he's had moments where he was usable back in like when Greg Olson would get hurt. Mm-hmm. He had some moments, but especially under the new coaching staff last year, he saw nothing. This is just he, not he a team that utilizes nothing. the tight end. But they did bring in Dan Arnold. I forget the uh, contract. Uh, two years, six mil. Two years, six mil, which is not a lot of money. But Dan Arnold, he's coming from Arizona mm-hmm. who really doesn't utilize the tight end. He was able to see 45 targets last year, finish like, Back in tight end two. Yeah. I think he'll definitely be the receiving threat in this offense. But yeah, I find it hard to find. I don't think you're going to be drafting him. No. Dynasty, he should probably be on rosters for sure. But I don't think you're going to start him. He'll probably be a streamer in a good matchup if you're feeling lucky. Yeah, I mean, he could be a DFS play. I mean, Dan Arnold, he's got some but, talent. Like, he's got some Well, so is juice. Ian Thomas. Yeah. Um, it's uh, just, I, would, I think Dan Arnold looks better than Ian Thomas. I agree, but it's just this team does not utilize the tight end. Yeah, no. It just, they don't. They also drafted Tommy Trimble, but I actually think that they might move him to the fullback position. We'll see. Hmm, that's um, interesting. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to happen. He's just yeah. a little undersized for a tight end, and he's an incredible blocker, so... Um, I know that they were, you know, there's been talk about him being able to maybe make that switch to fullback. Uh, so we'll just kind of see there. But uh, yeah, neither one of these tight ends are going to be on your team. Uh, any last remarks for the Panthers? Yeah, I think you, what's DJ Moore's ADP? I'd be really curious to find that out. Because I'm thinking like fifth round. 412. Really? It's almost fifth round. Yeah, that's, yeah, I'll count that as a win for me. Rob is <laughs> going in the eighth. Ooh. 
DJ Moore, I don't hate there. Robbie, I honestly, I don't hate there. Yeah. I don't hate either of those. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I always usually, if you, if you kind of like both, I'd take the eight, see what, see what you well, can I get th- in I the like fifth. I like the eight but... Robbie there because I think that's probably where he'll finish. So I don't think there's a chance Robbie really gets close to DJ Moore. Last year, they were close. In PPR leagues, Robbie had him by a little bit. Standard leagues, DJ Moore had him by a decent amount. And half point, they are honestly all three of them, Curtis Samuel, they were all very close. Mm-hmm. But I do think not having Christian McCaffrey in those target shares, I think it's going to affect this offense. So earlier, you know, when you were asking me about what quarterback Tom Brady was coming off the board, I was reading his consensus number. Okay. <laughs> so that's not fifth. So just that to clarify was throwing that. me off a little bit. I was like, <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's the consensus People really number. Going, finally going late quarterback. Play. Yeah, I was about to say, man, people have finally listened to the podcast. Go late quarterback. But no, that's just there. Okay. He's the fifth ranked quarterback between, you know, all the people that were ranking. That makes sense. Seems a little high, but well, just all depends. Yeah, a lot of people were ranking. Anyways, so just wanted to clarify that. So, um, but yeah, Robbie's going off at eight twelve. So yeah, would I you, honestly don't hate. Would you take those. a shot? Because you're not gonna. T- you're not. Look, we're not taking both. You never take both. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> you take never both. take both. But if you wanted to take a shot, where would you go? Would you go with DJ, DJ at four there. at four twelve? DJ there. Yeah. Okay. So you'd be happy if DJ was your number one wide receiver? No. Number two. I could work with that. Let's go. If you went running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I could work with that. Okay. Just curious. Yeah, I could work with that. Okay. Any other things for the Panthers? No, not that I can think of. All right, let's chat about the Falcons. Yeah. Four and 12. I mean, just off the bat, we know they've had a ton of offseason crap happening. Had to move Julio because they literally had no cap space to sign players. I still, it blows my mind that they are in such cap trouble and their team's just not that good. Yeah. No. Nope. <laughs> like, like, that just, that's so funny to me. Um, I look at the team, you know, their defense was ranked 22nd on the season. Their offense was 17th. Their special teams was 27th. Their overall ranking is 18th in the league. And yet they literally couldn't sign draft picks because they're so overcapped. Yeah. I think there's a front office issue. here. (laughs) You're over, you're overpaying some of these players that are just not producing for your team. So let's jump into some of them. (laughs) Maddie ice. Yeah. The uh, weird nickname. That doesn't really make sense. I don't know. So he's cold-blooded or something. Yeah, no, but I don't really feel like he's that cold-blooded. Um, Not anymore. He's very good, though. Very good fantasy quarterback. Um, last year, he did finish 12th overall in 16 games, but um, this is where we come to the uh, topic of the Falcons. No more Julio. So now you have yeah. to look at all these statistics for them to project with them without Julio. So I was doing some math earlier. Got the uh, I did the math. You did the math? Did you ever do the math? No, I don't do math. I'm not good at it. I don't like it, but I'll do it every once in a while for you guys. So you look at the, uh, I'm counting Julio played eight games last year, not counting week 17. Mm -hmm. And in those games that he didn't play, like there was like one game where he saw like 20% of snaps and another one with like 30% of snaps. I'm counting those as games he didn't play. Okay. Yeah. So the games he didn't play, weeks three, four, five, 11, 12, 14, 15, 16. You look at those weeks, Matt Ryan scored 13.26 points per game in those games without Julio Jones. 
That would have been the 32nd overall quarterback in points per game last year. Jeez. And he ended up finishing 12? Yeah. That's just how good he was with him. Well, that's how much Julio Jones affects this offense. Yeah. And so he's not there. And I don't, I mean, yeah, we'll get to Kyle Pitsley. I mean, we get to throw Kyle Pitsley. Yeah, let's now. do it now. Because yeah. he's obviously the guy who is going to be called to replace him. <laughs> which <almost. laughs> he can't do. He's a tight end. He yeah. can get close, but he can't be Julio. Yeah. He is a rookie. Do you think they're really going to be put like, Week one, he is going to be the second target in this offense, and he's going to be elite from day one. So I find it hard to believe. I think he will be usable. I think he'll be a very good tight end. Dynasty leagues, I like where he's going in rookie drafts, startup drafts. That's yeah. all fine. Yeah. But redraft leagues coming in, I just, I think this team is going to be bad, really bad again. Yeah, I think this team is going to be so bad. Um that they're going to have to pass the ball a lot. Yeah. So, which is always seeming what they have to do. Right. I haven't had a good running game since Devonte Freeman's like MVP season. That was ages ago. I'm going to go out and this is my take on Kyle Pitts. I love Kyle Pitts. Same. I think most people on the planet love Kyle Pitts. Yeah. You draft Kyle Pitts because he's a once in a generational type talent at the tight end position. Yeah. Knowing that, I think there's a chance that he's going to break at all of the tight end rookie records. Because I think not only can he do it, Atlanta needs him to do it. Yeah, they definitely need <laughs> they, him to do it. Now. They need him to step up and come in and be, I don't even know if he'll be the number two. If not, if not number two, number one. They need him to be. No, he can't they, be the number one. In the I'm conference. just saying they need him to be one of those two. God, he can't I mean, be fifth. No, you know, yeah, like well, no, he yeah, needs no. to be. He'll be two. He's second not passing or third. Calvin Ridley. Fair. They'll need him to but be two. But they need him to be two. Yep. Definitely. So I think it'll be fine. I think, in my opinion, he won't even be the first tight end off the board. I don't think he'll finish in as the draft n- leagues. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Not. Oh. I don't think he will finish as the number one tight end on no. the season. No, no, no. But I do think that he will be on the top end of that second tier for me, though. Maybe now keep in mind, most rookie tight ends never produce. No, nope. they just don't near one. Um, we talked earlier in the, in the season, you know, where would you kind of take Kyle Pitts? You know, like who would you take over him? You, obviously you're taking like a, uh, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, uh, George Kittle, George Kittle over him. And then I think it starts getting interesting with like a Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson. I'd probably right. go both of them over Robert Tanyan, even, no, you know, Robert Tanyan, Tanyan finished third on the year. Yeah, he did. But I'm just, I'm just saying Mark Andrews, Logan Thomas, Mike Isecki, Robert, you know, Rob Gronkowski. These are kind of those guys that you're looking have at. Where would you start inserting in their offense? Yeah. And where would you start inserting? I'd probably put them six. now. I'd probably take all those guys over pits and redraft leagues right now. I think I would take, I think I'd take him at five. I think I'd take Kelsey Waller. I think I'd take Hawkinson. I think I would take Andrews. I might start taking him around low in Thomas. Well, you're though. forgetting Kittle. Oh, Kittle. Sorry. Yeah. So then, so then yeah, yeah five. So we have, we see about, we see. Yeah. About so about the same. Sorry. So yeah, I think that's kind of right around Logan Thomas is where I Yeah, might I mean, the targets are there. Kind of slide him. Yeah. yeah. Targets are there. Yeah. So now it's we'll, just opportunity. Yeah. We'll move to the wide receivers. Well, and, do you want to talk Hayden Hurst real quick? Because we were just already on tight ends. He did finish ninth last year. Somehow. It was really gross, though. 
It was. Yeah, I have him really bad I, at times. I had him in my dynasty. Everyone team. who thought he was going to be this breakout guy last year, he didn't finish bad, but he wasn't a breakout tight end by any means. People thought, yeah, he had a lot of hype around Hayden Hurts going in the last year. I just did well, not buy opportunity. it, and I did not see it. This is all opportunity, and uh, he did not jump on opportunity. No, he didn't. He was, yeah, he was pretty bad. Yep. So that there we go. That was all we wanted to do with him. <laughs> so now we move over to the wide receivers on this team. And yeah. Calvin Ridley, he does perfectly fine without Julio in the offense. Yeah. Well, last year, when just overall, he finished fourth overall in 15 games at the wide receiver position. Without Julio, he averaged 18.09 points per game. That would have been third overall in points per game last year. Do you see, do you think that's a possibility for Calvin Ridley? Doing pretty much exactly what he did last year. Yeah, I don't see why not. Okay. I mean, he hasn't shown me anything that says I can't be a number one. What's his ADP? You tell me. You've been so, like, amazing at these lately. <laughs> Mid-second. All right, you're a little off on this one. Third round. Okay, I like 302. that. I like that a lot. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Now, I don't know when the last time this was updated... You know, because the Julio trade did Pretty just odd. happen, yeah. but I imagine it wouldn't. Have been. I still feel like it should have been updated by now. But if anything, it might go up slightly. He might kind of sneak into the back end of that second round. Yeah, maybe mid second. But uh, he's yeah three. I, like I would price. take him at three hundred two for oh, for, for sure. sure. Yeah, I like that price. I mean, I like him as my number one. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it if I went running back, running back at the beginning. No, yeah, which no, I never really do. But he gets the yards, he gets the touchdowns. He's the number one dominant going to be. A, Target in this offense. Well, and and here's what's crazy too, guys. Calvin Ridley, he's six one, he's one ninety, so he's not a massive guy by any means. He gets touchdowns though. Well, not only that, he gets red zone touchdowns. Yeah, twenty two targets in the red zone. Seven it's gonna be so seven touchdowns. funny now if Julio ends up with like fourteen touchdowns this year. <laughs> Tannehill finally just shucks him the ball in the end zone. Like, yeah. Um, but I mean, right now he's looking like he's a. It consensus almost top five guy. Yeah. I'm trying to think guys that I would take over him. You got like Adams, Tyreek Hill, probably take Stefan Diggs. I think it starts getting iffy with like Hopkins in there. Mm-hmm. I think that's where you start blurring the lines. Yeah. But he's right. Yeah. He's right there. Well, yeah. I, I Yeah. By the time we do our, our wide receiver rankings, it's going to be very interesting this year. Yeah. So the other receivers on this team, Russell Gage, I think, will be a usable guy. He's been a usable guy at multiple points in his career. Mm-hmm. Now moving into the two, he's more of a slot guy, but I, I think there is a chance that they run a little bit more 12-man personnel now. Do you think that could be a possibility? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think it is. You have Hayden Hurst and Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts can do it all. He can block, and so can Hayden Hurst. So I wouldn't be surprised if they run... Um, more twelve man personnel. I mean, they don't run it like an outrageous amount, like San Francisco or New England or Minnesota, but they run a pretty high amount compared to the rest of the league. Well, I just think they they to me they don't have a ton of really deep wide like depth at the wide receiver exactly. position. So I I do like Russell Gage, and a lot of people were not healthy last year on this team either. No, yeah. So um, we'll kind of have to wait and see, but you know we because we can also bring up Zacchaeus who played a lot because Gage was hurt. A yeah. Few times I think he'll and, be irrelevant. I mean, Gage is, he deals with stuff. He hasn't really missed wait, any games in his I career. He, I thought Russell Gage didn't play as, 
a, a game last year. But did he no, not? He, yeah, he played, he played all game 16? last year. Who? No, yeah, Zacchaeus. He missed some games last Maybe year. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. And he of. had a couple big games. Like he had a eight for eighty six game. He had a four receptions, one hundred and three yards, and a touchdown game. He's got some moves. If they're in th- uh, eleven man personnel, he'll be on the outside. Russell Gage will be moved to the slot. But if it's anything where there's just two receivers out there, it's going to be Gage on the outside opposite of Calvin Ridley. What are you looking for? For some reason, I thought there was a COVID issue or something with Gage. And I thought it was right around like week nine or something because Zacchaeus ended up coming out and having a really big week. But I might have been mistaken. Yeah, so. I don't remember thing. No. Nope. Yeah, I think that, that that was all just. Russell Gage is probably a guy who you could get late in drafts and might get lucky and he ends up being a decently consistent guy you could put in your lineup, especially in deeper leagues. Zacchaeus, though, I have a hard time buying into anything that he's Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think it's gonna be anything too crazy. I mean he's just kind of a speed speedster. Um he he'll be the slot, I think. No. You don't think he'll be it'll, the slot? If, if there is the slot on the field and 11-man personnel, it'll be Gage. But if they're going like 12-man or 21-man personnel, Russell Gage is going to move. Who's the two outside guys? Then an 11-man? Yeah. It'll be Calvin Ridley and Zacchaeus. But if they're going anything where there's just two wide receivers, Russell Gage will go back out to the outside. See, I that's crazy because Zacchaeus is only 5'8". Yep. And Gage performs well, though, though. Yeah, but... <sighs> well, that's a kind of... Kind of wait and see. Um, I had his. There we go. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't like that size on the outside. So I figured. I mean, it's not like Calvin Ridley is like a big guy either. So I mean, six one. Yeah, but he plays big. Zacchaeus doesn't really play big, but. Anyway, I think it's it doesn't matter. Regard, I don't yeah. think he's going to be fantasy relevant one no. way or another. No. Unless something happens to Russell Gage and he can't play. And now we go to the running backs on this team. They brought in Mike Davis. Really didn't pay him anything, and he survived the draft, man. He's there. Thighs and all. Yeah, so... Oh, I also I don't know if this is... I, I should have probably found out if this is real or not, but I did see that um, the league sent him a uh, not a random drug test. <laughs> Oh, did they really? <laughs> that's what I heard. That's hilarious. It might be uh, a rumor, but... That's so funny. It is I wouldn't be surprised. That, that is some, yeah, that is something the league would do. Yeah, well, his... I mean, his thighs look bigger than Saquon's. Yeah. I mean, they're huge. He... Yeah, so obviously he came into Carolina last year, and CMC went down. And he was he very played good. Very he was productive. Well. It yeah. kind of didn't end hot. It was... There was a real hot stretch there at the beginning. He was incredible. He's a good receiver. He saw a lot of targets, not a ton of rushing attempts, but he's the one in this offense right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Would you be buying him in like dynasty leagues cheap or anything like that if you can? Because yeah. I, I, I was in ours, I was looking at it for um, before the draft, seeing if I could get him cheap, have this scenario play out where they don't draft anyone, bring anyone else in. Now yeah. I think it's going to be harder to do. Yeah, I tried a, a couple times, but I didn't. I didn't really try that hard um, in Dynasty. Just because he's twenty eight. Yeah. I mean, in Dynasty, I don't. I he's going to be usable maybe for this year and next, and that might be it. Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't overly fond. Now in redraft this year, though, he is someone I'm targeting late. Is he? Where yeah. is he going? He's going Sorry. in the eighth round right now. 
really that yeah. late yeah. then yes and i'm yeah. totally then I'm all over that. that then yeah. i'm all over that. i'm totally For sure. i was thinking more like late fifth sixth round, no he's going in there. he's going at 803 currently i like that a lot and we'll see if it drops because i would i can't imagine it staying at that because he's a starting up. running back go up, no drop. sorry when i say drop i meant like go down and down in rounds, so I, I just I get mean the opposite so go of what I'm so, yeah, saying. So he'll go up, yeah. It's opposite. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I think his his uh, ADP will go up for sure, because um, he's a starting running back in the NFL on a team that is going to really need a lot out of him. But there are the concerns in this offense that the commitment to Mike Davis really isn't a lot. They didn't bring him in yeah, for much. But who they brought they, in, exactly. Come on. But this is the thing: they brought in Cordell Patterson. I don't care about. Yeah, that. I don't care about him. He's yeah. it regardless. But they did bring in. Two undrafted rookies. Yeah. Caleb Huntley Caleb and Javon Javin Hawkins. Yeah. I do think there is the possibility that this is kind of like the Jacksonville Jaguars of last year, where we come in and one of these real late rookie running backs come out and kind of take over the field, kind of like how James Robinson did, did. I think there is that possibility in this offense. Maybe. I mean, I'm not going to be against it. No, but I do love Mike Davis's price. Because if he was in the, like that fifth round area where I was thinking he was more likely going to go, I'd have a lot more hesitation drafting him. But eighth round, that's honestly not a lot of risk at that point in the draft. No, not not at all. I mean, I'm just trying to think. Who I would mean, you... look at like like Miami last year, like bringing in Jordan Howard, and we were all over that one too. That's about where he was going. Miles Gaskin ended up winning that. I mean, so if you just out of curiosity, yeah, these are two undrafted free agents, yeah. running backs. Mm-hmm. So it's not people that were mostly no and paying they, attention. I mean, to. the running back roster on it, it's gross, right? But what I'm what I'm saying is, is like these aren't people that we really paid attention to in a, in no. our rookie drafts. But which do you have one of these that you would maybe take a shot on over the other? No, <laughs> that's the thing. You're not going to have to take a shot on them. You're gonna. You, that's the nice thing is whichever one does produce, you can buy in late. Yeah. Get them off true. the waiver wire or something. If it happens, you're not going to have to invest anything in them. I just still like, I like playing the game though. Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at Caleb Huntley and JVN Hawkins right now. And I like the size of Caleb, Hunt, Caleb Huntley at 5'10, 229. It's a nice size. Yeah. But, uh, not a lot of information on this dude. And Javion, you know, 5'9", 196, apparently lightning quick. Super shifty. He's a home run threat because he's always looking for big plays from what PFF says. Um, but he has, like, no lower body, and they think that he won't translate unless he puts on a good deal of muscle mass, so... That is very yeah, I'm not saying in, it's going to happen, but I think there is that possibility. Yeah. Because, I mean, there was, I mean, there were concerning times with Mike. I mean, it, clearly Mike Davis at the end of last year was not looking the same as the first half of the season. See, is this guy a pass catcher? In which that's the nice thing about Mike Davis. You know he can handle that workload. So that could probably keep him in there a long time. Yeah. I was under the impression that his, yeah, his ADP there I actually really like. That is surprisingly low. yeah i was very surprised too. Surprisingly I, I like that a lot i would totally take a shot on mike davis yeah, in the eighth round sure. anyways i'm gonna keep my eye on javian hawkins though okay just just uh curious all right uh we have anything else oh 
do you see Cordell Patterson eating into any touches with Mike Davis currently, though? No. Neither do I. No. Okay. Just Nothing to... that's going to be concerning. No. Cordell Patterson's going to do what he's been doing for the past handful of years with the Bears. Kickoff Just, returns. Yeah, and every once in a while, <laughs> he'll have a handful of attempts or some receptions, but nothing consistently where that's threatening. Got it. All right, we got anything else about the Falcons we want to chat about? No, I just think they're going to be bad. Okay. So, yeah, let's just rank these guys. Yeah. Um. All right. Do you want to go first? Want me to go I, first? I kind of see this pretty easily. Bucks first. Yep. Falcons last. Yep. I think Falcons are going to be probably record-wise about the same. I really don't see their record improving. Saints, though, I see taking a dip. Yeah. I, I don't think Saints are making the playoffs. But I do feel like they're still going to finish second in this division. But I think it's going to be by a hair above yeah. the Panthers. Yeah. I so, think they'll both be around 500. So I actually feel very similar. Um, to me, a lot has to do with health. If Carolina can stay healthy, and, and, and by Carolina, I mean CMC. If Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy... That defense took a huge well, the leap. Saints, well, the Saints I would be more concerned with because they just don't have the depth. At least the Panthers have some depth on their team. Yeah. Offensively, but, the, Panth- the, uh, but the de- Saints I mean, do not. CMC to Chubba Hubbard, though. That, I mean, that's... No, a, yeah, that's a downgrade. <laughs> that's for a sure, massive downgrade. For sure. But, like, yeah, you take out Michael Thomas and the Saints receiving threats. Mm-hmm. That's a lot bigger hit than you taking out DJ Moore for I'm, the Panthers. I'm actually going to put Carolina at second. I don't hate it. I, I really don't. I, th- I, I, I think thought, Carolina I thought about will this finish. one for a while. I think the Saints I think it's will be gonna, third. Whichever one, second, third, I think it's going to be incredibly close. Yeah. It'll probably come down to like the last game of the season. Yeah, the Falcons will be last because they just, sure. they just didn't do enough. I mean, yeah, you guys went out and got Kyle Pitts. Super going to be exciting. He's going to fill seats. Um, but that defense is still atrocious. And there's to me, there's just not a lot of depth weapons there, man. No. Mike Davis might be okay. I just don't see... I mean, yeah, Todd Gurley was okay for like the first half of the season last year based on just touchdowns, but that ended. Yeah, they need to get the running game going, which I don't think... I think Mike Davis could be a very good fantasy running back, right? but that's going to be with a lot of receiving work and everything. I don't think that's going to really translate to them having a good NFL running team. I agree. And again, I think Sam Darnold in a new place, I think is just going to look really good. It could for sure. So that, I, I think that's the wild card. Yeah. If Sam Darnold looks good, their Panthers are going to finish second in this division. Yeah. And I would even, ah, I don't know. They could, they could make a playoff push though. The Panthers. Yeah. I do think if Sam Darnold looks fine, I think they could make a playoff push, but I do not see the saints. I, I don't, don't know. see the saints doing it. Cause I have a feeling probably the NFC West is probably going to have three teams. <sighs> yeah. That could definitely happen. Every other division is only going to end up with one. God, the NFL or the NFC West. I don't know, man, because I'm also looking at what the Dallas the Vikings and, and Packers that they're going to be fighting it out. Yeah, there's a lot of good Dallas, teams. Washington, yeah, exactly. the Giants. Well, no, the Eagles. Just, no, I'm just, just saying, one of those is going to be. Well, I'm just saying like that division though too. Because, like, if Dallas has a good season and Washington has a good season, that they one of those teams could also be fighting. To, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. The NFL is going to be fun. Yeah, for sure. So let us know what you guys think. Uh, who do you think is going to win the uh, – not win the division. Who do you think is going to finish second? You know. Good, good, good call. Yeah. So Carolina or the Saints, who's going to have a better season? 
I definitely think the Bucks will win this division. Yeah. <laughs> and if they don't, then it's all on them. Like, come on, guys. If they don't, it means Brady's. <laughs> Brady didn't play for some reason. Well, no, yeah. it means that he finally <laughs> fell off the cliff. Right. Yeah. See, he he will retire at the end of that. I know. Season. It's kind of funny now. Like. What, like like 38 through 41 or whatever of Brady we're all like bro. it's coming it's coming don't buy into Brady yeah. and now when he's 43 we're like buy into Brady <laughs> <laughs> like, buy into Brady he, he's doing something no one else has ever done so yeah. go get him but yeah let us know Carolina or the Saints who you guys taking a shot on I'm very curious James if they wanted to let us know their thoughts where could they find us at uh Twitter, Facebook, at the TFL Monsters, Apple Podcast, Anchor, and YouTube, especially YouTube. Mm-hmm. Fancy Monsters of the Fancy Monsters Podcast. Yeah. Hit that little bell to get notifications. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet. And uh, we do appreciate you guys listening to the Fantasy Monsters Podcast, and we'll catch you next week. Have a good one. Creeping in the dark, waiting for you